you know, like to think about, you know, if we think about the nature of sin, um, think about uh, God as our creator and how that he designed this world. And we always want to think about, you know, this concept of sowing and reaping and only how it works in righteousness. You know, uh, he's made this wonderful creation. I can take one kernel of corn. Uh, I can stick it in the ground and Andrew may even know how many hundreds I can potentially get. Uh, but it's a bunch. You know, we see how sowing and reaping works. And uh, sometimes we forget that it works in everything. And, um, you know, you plant good seed, you get good. You plant bad seed and you get bad. And both of them uh, work. So they work in a similar way. So as we study this concept of sin and its consequences, I want you to kind of keep in mind that um, our Creator has made things the way they are, they work the way they do, and uh, these realities um, aren't changed by the fact that we, we don't like them or you know, we don't want them to be that way. Uh, these are the things that we um, need to understand, just like we need to understand what works and what feeds that idea of gratitude. We need to understand these things as well. So we're going to talk about those things this morning. Uh, I'm going to have most of the scriptures up here, uh, but if you will get your Bibles out, I've got a couple of readings that are a little uh, longer, and, and we'll go through those things together, hopefully read them together, and learn from them. So I'm hoping everybody can see that picture. You know, we've got several generations of folks there, um, and uh, it... Uh, helps to have a little bit of a visual about what we're talking about today. So it starts in Exodus 34, uh, verse 6. Then the Lord passed by in front of them and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin. Yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. And the question up there, of course, is uh, what legacy will you leave for your children? Uh, this quote that I just read from Exodus 34 concerning the consequences of sin following into the fourth generation is actually found four different times. Uh, here in Deuteronomy uh, 23, starting in verse 2, no one of illegitimate birth shall enter into the assembly of the Lord. None of his descendants, even to the tenth generation, shall enter into the assembly of the Lord. No Ammonite or Moabite shall enter uh, the assembly of the Lord. None of their descendants, even to the tenth generation, shall ever enter into the assembly of the Lord. Because they did not meet you with food and water on the way when you came out of Egypt, and because they hired against you Balaam the son of Peor, uh, from Pethor of Mesopotamia to curse you. Here in Judges, uh, starting in uh, verse 10 of chapter 2, All that generation also were gathered to their fathers, and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord, nor yet the work which he had done for Israel. Then the sons of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals, and they forsook the Lord, the Lord, the, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods from among the gods of the peoples 
who were around them and bowed themselves down to them. Thus they provoked the Lord to anger. So they forsook the Lord and served Baal and the Ashtaroth. The anger of the Lord burned against Israel, and he gave them into the hands of plunderers who plundered them. And he sold them into the hands of their enemies around them, so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. Wherever they went, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil. As the Lord had spoken, and as the Lord had sworn to them, so that they were severely distressed. So, if you go ahead and turn with me to Deuteronomy 29. Deuteronomy 29. <clears throat> you know, what we see here on this uh, sign says, Satan's big lie. Satan will, uh, sin will make you happy, <laughs> and there are no bad consequences. Well, um... Let's start there reading together in verse 19. Read through verse 29 in, in uh, Deuteronomy 29. And it come to pass when he heareth the words of this curse that he blessed himself in his heart saying, I shall have peace though I'll walk in the imagination of mine heart to add drunkenness to thirst. The Lord will not spare him but then the anger of the Lord and his jealousy shall smoke against that man, and all the curses that are written in this book shall lie upon him. And the Lord shall blot out his name from under heaven, and the Lord shall separate him unto evil out of all the tribes of Israel according to all the curses of the covenant that are written in this book of, of the law, so that the generation to come of your children that shall rise up after you and the stranger that shall come from a far land shall say, when they see the plagues of that land and the sicknesses which the Lord hath laid upon it, and that the whole land thereof is brimstone and salt and burning, that it is not sown nor beareth, nor any grass groweth therein, like the overthrow of Sodom and Gomorrah, Adma and uh, Zeboam, which the Lord overthrew in his anger and in his wrath, even all nations shall say, Wherefore hath the Lord done this unto this land? What meaneth the heat of this great anger? The men shall say, Because they have forsaken the covenant of the Lord God of their fathers, which he made with them when he brought them forth out of the land of Egypt. For they went and served other gods and worshipped them, gods that they knew not, and whom had not given unto them, whom he had not given unto them. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against this land to bring upon it the curses that are written in this book. And the Lord rooted them out of their land in anger and in wrath and in great indignation and cast them into another land as it is this day. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So, you know, we see in the case uh, here that basically that their families, their nation, and the land itself was, con was cursed by their sin and it was not something they didn't know about it's not something he didn't tell them up front uh, it's not something that wasn't explained to them and the question is you know is that the kind of legacy that you want to take with you basically to the grave uh, into eternity we see with Adam and Eve Starting in Genesis 3, says, To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. In pain you will bring forth children. Yet your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Then to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat 
from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall grow for you. And you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you will eat bread till you return to the ground because, it, because from it you were taken. For you are dust and to dust you shall return. In Romans 5:12, therefore just as though one man as through one man sin entered into the world and death through sin and so death spread to all men because all sin. Um, we see basically that all are guilty and you know one of the things uh, I thought about and I don't know exactly what all Evan's going to touch on but you know we talked about this idea of gratitude being a big part of um uh, our ability to fight against sin, well, you know, the idea of humility and pride, we could talk for weeks and weeks about uh, those two opposing things in our lives. You know, um, when we deny basically that it's pride that is part of the, or a big part of our problem with sin, um, it becomes a part of the obstacle that keeps us from uh, basically admitting that this is us, you know, uh, because all sin. You know, that's the last part of that, but, you know, I think that's the important, important part to acknowledge, you know, that, that basically we all fall short. In um, Job 14.1 says, Man who is born of woman is short-lived and full of turmoil. Oh, too fast. When your fingers are over 50, they don't like a computer very much. Let's see. I think we just got a question there anyway. Why is the statement in Job true? You know, that's the, that's the question that's there. Why is that statement in Job true? Man who is born of woman is short-lived and full of turmoil. Um, and I think if we give an honest evaluation of what that is, uh, it's kind of answered in those last three words there at Romans 5.12, because all sin. Um, and it's not necessarily always my sin is why I suffer. You know, oftentimes we suffer because of the sins of others around us. Uh, a lot of times I think when we're trying to answer this question, you know, why do, why do good people suffer? Why do children get sick and those kinds of things? Um, well, I mean, your answer is kind of tied up in what we're talking about this morning. Um, it's sin. And... Looking, looking to understand these things helps us avoid them. All right. Uh, look kind of at Cain. Uh, Genesis 4, starting in verse 11. Now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its strength to you. You will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is too great to bear. Behold, you have driven me this day from the face of the ground, and from your face I will be hidden, and I will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Um, we look at that, and then we move over to David, and, we, and this is kind of what we think sometimes. We see him getting forgiven. You know, we, we think, well, wow, what was the law, you know, for adultery and murder that he committed? Well, the law was that he was to be stoned, right? That was God's law. And so... You know, Cain gets the hammer dropped on him and 
David gets a free pass. That's kind of sometimes we think that. Well, let's turn to 2 Samuel together. 2 Samuel. And start in verse 9. 2 Samuel 12, starting in verse 9. And let's read through verse 14 together. 2 Samuel 12, verse 9 through 14. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and hast taken his wife to be thy wife, and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now therefore the sword shall never pass from thine house, because thou hast despised me, and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house, and I will take thy wives before thine eyes and give them to thy neighbor, and he shall lie with the wives, with thy wives in the sight of the sun. For thou didst it in secret, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the sun. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. Howbeit, because... By this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. The child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. In the class in there, uh, we're going through First and Second Samuel. and You look at David and you look at Saul as you study through those things and you see how each respond to their own sin. And you see the difference in the response that David has to his sin. But you don't see, um, you know, I, I've thought a lot about it and as I was a young man I was like, man he just got off easy. And it, the more I look at the story of David, I'm like man, for, for all the good that he had, I wouldn't trade with him for nothing the life that he lived. Um, you know, as you grow and you see those relationships with your own kids grow and you think about the things that he suffered in his own family, ooh, um, and those things are consequences of sin. And God draws us this clear picture that that's what these things are. And I, you know, I can't help but think that, you know, we have these things recorded for us to learn from. Um, here in Exodus 22:1, if a man steals an ox or a sheep and slaughters it or sells it, he shall pay five oxen for the ox and four sheep for the sheep. And I'm not sure what it means, if anything. If it's related at all. But David lost four sons and or basically suffered four calamities as a result of stealing this sheep. You know, he talked about, um, you remember when Nathan approached David and told him the story of this man who stole the, the you took the sheep of the poor man and it was his only sheep? You know, I just, you know, can't help but believe that those stories are somehow related and that that, that penalty was something that God showed him. And when I think about, and I told the kids in the class this morning, this is the penalty for using your iPad all the time. I think it was Zacchaeus. But, you know, he says, look, I'm, I'm going to repay the, the people that I've defrauded. I'm going to repay back four times. Does that reflect that he has an understanding of what he was supposed to do under the law? And what did Jesus say to him? Oh, no, don't worry about it. We're in grace. You don't have to fool with that. Uh, just say you're sorry. He says, no, today salvation has come to this house. You know, his attitude towards his sin and his wrong, he understood, right? 
that there are consequences for sin. Uh, there's restitution, there's repentance, there's confession. There's things that are difficult for us to do between ourselves as we try to satisfy um, the things that we're commanded to do with, with regard to that. Uh, thankfully, Jesus has paid this price for us, but it doesn't mean I have nothing to do and that those consequences are completely eliminated. Uh, the, the, the eternal consequences have been taken away, but sin has a price to pay. All right. We see also that uh, this sin ignored and really kind of the way, I, and again, I keep going back to this idea of Saul and 1 Samuel. You know, I, I think about this concept, how that turning a blind eye to God's truth, turning a blind eye to sin basically causes this blindness that's talked about. You know, I look basically at the madness that it creates in Saul um, and the, the misery of his own life because of that blindness. John 12, 40, He has blinded their eyes and he hardened their hearts so that they would not see with their eyes and perceive with their heart and be converted and I heal them. We see there that, you know, he's ready to heal. But when this thing takes its course fully, you know, when you make those choices um, to not show gratitude, to not acknowledge that sin, to not repent, to not confess these things, you know, you, you pick the wrong route, you make the wrong choice, it's not going to happen. Take care, brethren, that there, this is Hebrews 3, starting in verse 12. Take care, brethren, that there be not any one of you an evil, in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And you've got to remember that slide from a little earlier. You know, basically Satan's big lie. You know, this idea of the deceitfulness of sin. You know, the, the concept again, you know, that I can put a good seed in the ground and get plenty, plenty back. But if I put a bad seed in the ground, you know what, I can just kick a little dirt on it and keep walking and it's going to be fine. Nothing bad is going to come out of the ground there, right? You know, that's, that's what we do. You know, if we, if we cover it up, if we pretend it's not there, if we don't somehow try to uproot it, deal with it, take care of it or whatever, isn't that part of the deceitfulness of sin? You know, we talk to young people, you know, you talk to them and talk to them and talk to them and say... <laughs> You can't do this, you know. Uh, well, you know, the bad stuff's going to happen to somebody else, right? And who tells that lie? You know, we tell those lies to ourselves. Satan tells us those lies. Uh, your bad company will tell you the same stuff, all right? Ephesians 4, starting in verse 17. So, I, so this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as Gentiles walk, also walk in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding and excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. And they, after, becoming, after having come, become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity, with greediness. And so what I would ask you is any of you ever seen this happen? You know, basically where um, 
truth is sitting out there, the realities are out there, but for whatever reason, they choose this ignorance within them, uh, their understanding is darkened, and it's like you can't talk to them. Um, uh, and I know if you haven't, you will. You'll see this. I mean, this, this, uh, this isn't just uh, something that happens to somebody else once in a while. This, this is how it works. Um, because of the hardness of their ha ha heart, they become callous. They, they get to a place where then the truth is no longer obvious. If you've never had a conversation with somebody about the truth, and had them, you know, look like they, I mean, there's no understanding there. There's been a choice made, and there's a process. There's something that happens, and, and I think the book describes to us what that process is. A few additional verses for consideration. This, if you will, turn with me to Job 15. Job 15, let's read 20 through 35 together. Job 15, 20 through 35. <clears throat> Starting in verse 20, it says, The wicked man travaileth with pain all his days, and the number of years is hidden to the oppressor. A dreadful sound is in his ears, and in prosperity the destroyer shall come upon him. He believeth not that he shall return out of darkness, and uh, he, is waited for the, he is waited for of the sword. He wandereth abroad for, the, for bread, saying, Where is it? He knoweth the day of darkness is ready at his hand. Trouble and anguish shall make him afraid. Uh, they shall prevail against him as a king ready to the battle. For he stretcheth out his hand against God and strengtheneth himself against the Almighty. He, he runneth upon him, even on his neck, upon the thick bosses of, of the, his bucklers, because he covereth his face with his fatness and maketh collops of fat on his flanks. And he dwelleth in desolate cities and in houses which no man inhabiteth, which are ready to become heaps. He shall not be rich, neither shall his substance continue, neither shall he prolong the perfection thereof upon the earth. He shall not depart out of darkness. The flame shall dry up his branches, and by the branch of his mouth shall he go away. Let not him that is deceiveth deceive trust in vanity, for vanity shall be his recompense. It shall be accomplished before his time, and his branch shall not be green. He shall shake off his unripe grape as the vine, and shall cast off his flower as the olive. For the congregation of hypocrites shall be desolate, and fire shall consume the tabernacles of bribery. They conceive mischief, and bring forth vanity, and their belly prepareth deceit. It's just a long reading there that's talking about uh, the way these things work in, um, you know, some degree of generality, but, um, you know, this idea of self-deception, you know, we said a lot of times in here, I think basically, you know, the, the lie that you tell me is not the one that's most dangerous. The one that I tell me is the one that's most dangerous because that's the one I'm most likely to believe. Um, and we, we live a life of self-deception, um, if we believe that uh, these things have no consequence. All right, 
Uh, Psalm 38.3, There is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation. There is no health in my bones because of my sin. And of course, um, running out of time to tie all that back together, but for those of you that know that this what this is referenced to, um, it's an important thing to see. God's good understanding proceeds, produces favor, but the way of the treacherous is hard. You know, this idea of trying to understand these things, knowing what it is that we should do, uh, believing in grasping the truth concerning these things is important for us. Proverbs 28.13, He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion. You know, we look at these wisdom scriptures, you know, I remember teaching a class one time on, on child raising children uh, out of Proverbs. And, um, you know, one of the discussions that came up, well, you know, that, that wasn't really the law. That's just wisdom scriptures. And I I've, I've remember making the comment, you know, well, if you can ignore wisdom for God and from God and still think that you're honoring Him, that's pretty interesting. You know, if you just want to say that that's just the wisdom and we can ignore it because that's not a law for me and this, these kind of things don't apply to me. Um, you know, I, I don't really recommend following that up. But, you know, as I get older and see these things work, I, I see that's how this worked. This is the guy who tries to cover up that bad seed he planted. You know, the, you know, let's just ignore it and or kick it under the rug or let's just, you know, not deal with it or whatever we're going to do. Um, but we see that those that in humility, you know, that's usually where we find this idea of confession, um, that I am that person. Um, things seem to come out. Isaiah 59.2 But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God and your sins have hidden His face from you so that He does not hear. <coughs> Micah 3.4 Then they will cry out to the Lord, but He will not answer them. Instead, He will hide His face from them at that time because they have practiced evil deeds. First Timothy 4.1 But the Spirit explicitly says that in latter times some will fall away from the faith paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons by means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron. And we think about this sometimes and you know we want to think you know, okay relative to my experience here in this life in 2018 you know, surely this is talking about, uh, you know, what's on the news or, you know, what, what the world, you know, the messages of the world, but some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons, but the hypocrisy of liars, you know, I, th I think a lot of these things are coming from God's people. And they always have. So my concluding um, 
thoughts. We're going to come from here. Uh, Numbers 32, 23. But if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. We started out really with that thought of sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. And when we sin and we ignore those things, when we try to cover them up or pretend there's something different, uh, when we live a life of deceit, uh, when we deceive ourselves with regard to these things and those consequences, um, there's going to be a harvest. There's going to be a harvest. And many of the things that we read this morning are a reminder to us that that harvest will come. Um, what I would ask is if um, if you find yourself as being somebody who's um, lost the ability to be thankful, uh, not been able to express gratitude in ways that would strengthen you against sin, if you in your pride have ignored the sin in your life or if you've ignored your Creator who uh, design these things and you find yourself subject to the invitation of the Lord, what we would do is ask you to come forward while we uh, stand and sing the song that's been selected, 284, 284.